There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Hear the full show on our app, by podcast, or on 96FM.ie. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. We are saying as long as there is breath in our bodies, we will not forget you. If we don't deal with this issue now, the problem will get bigger. The lack of empathy. These women need to get over themselves. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Right, put that in there. That's grand. Lovely, 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 lovely. Every so often, you, you have to do something, and, and it takes a second. Thank you. Good morning. Beautiful Friday morning. It's an absolute lasher of a morning out there. 1850, and it's Friday. What morning do you want? 1850-715-996. We'll keep an eye on that uh, Paralympic final. If we get a result before the end of the program, we will let you know. Yesterday, the brilliant news of that gold medal. Uh, from the pool. I watched her swim last night. My God almighty, what a fantastic performance in the pool. We have a lot to do today, so the less of me and the more of the people that are participating in our program. Uh, I promised you some numbers yesterday, some comparison numbers of hospitals between this time and last January and, say, last August, and I promised I'd get to that, but we know that the Cabinet Subcommittee meets today. They're putting together this new document to end restrictions. We know that Neffet met, is it Wednesday? So their letter will have come now to the Taoiseach and to the Minister Stephen Donnelly. We know that as of this morning, 314 people up and down the country are in hospital. 61 of those are in intensive care. And worryingly, that's the highest number in ICU since April of this year. Uh, we had just over 1,860 new cases last evening. Now, if you are worried about the hospital numbers, and, and just before I go to uh, 
our first item on the agenda. I'll do those figures now. Remember we used to do it for months. Every Friday I would give you comparisons between this Friday and a month ago and blah, blah, blah. Then we had the cyber attack in the HSE and that kind of threw the kibosh on that because it just couldn't get at the numbers and you get at them day to day or week to week or sometimes you only get them every couple of weeks. Now, there are some Cork numbers doing the round in the news this morning you'll have heard that adds with those but looking you can, one thing you can still get is the daily hospital numbers and it's kind of a complicated 17 page or 18 page report that they publish every day but if you can find it and learn how to use it it's useful uh, as of this week so in Cork now in Cork as of Thursday okay there were three people in ICU at CUH, none in the mercy with COVID or being treated for COVID-related illnesses, probably the better way to say it these days. There were eight in CUH with COVID, being treated for COVID, and one in the mercy. So those hospital numbers, quite small here in Cork. Let us cast our minds back to the 26th of January. So this is the 20, well, 27th of August this is now. So casting our minds back to around the 26th, 27th of January, our daily case number was 1372. And our Cork numbers were 164. We can't do the Cork numbers at the moment. But on the 26th, so 27th of January, there were 112 people in CUH and 51 in the Mercy with covid there were 16 in ICU and CUH and 7 in the ICU and the Mercy with COVID-related illness. So you can see that those figures are a fraction, a fraction of what they were in January. And you can only say that that is down to vaccination, down to the vaccination programme and fair play. And well done to all involved for getting it rolled out. Go back to this week last year, though. Situation was much different. And this is why people still give out to me about loving the zero COVID idea. And I do. And I still do. I still do. And I wish to God we'd tried. I wish to God we'd tried harder with it. Go back to 26th of August 2020. All right. You're going to love this. We had nobody in hospital in Cork. And we had nobody in ICU in Cork this day last year. So there's just a few comparisons for you. I bring them to you as, to reiterate... Uh, the Cabinet Committee on COVID-19 meeting today. The music industry has been very outspoken over the past week, past fortnight, I guess, because they feel very, very hard done by. And you can see why. Uh, you, you know there's a public health crisis out there. We know that everything has to be done with that crisis in mind. But they're feeling very hard done by. And the man who goes by the name of Ireland's Ambassador of Song has stood up in defence and stood up to defend his industry and stood up to speak for his industry. I'm talking of Phil Coulter. I'm talking of a man who has written songs and had number ones with Cliff Richard, with Elvis, with the Dubliners, with Van Morrison, with Sinead O'Connor, with Billy Connolly, with the Bay City Rollers. He's had a Eurovision winner. He's had the most popular Eurovision song that didn't win. Congratulations was a Eurovision song. He's written for Dexys Midnight Runners. He's produced and edited music for a host of others and he has written, you name it, he's written a song for or 
with them. I speak of dairyman Phil Coulter and I had an opportunity yesterday to speak with Phil about the latest uh, developments. Phil, how long is it since you actually played a gig in public? January of last year, PJ, um, which is, you know, it's, it's in the early days, in the early days, there was a novelty factor. In the early days, there was a sense of solidarity. It was like almost like wartime. And we said to each other, well, you know, um, they're not asking a lot. We just wear a mask, social distance and, and uh, wash our hands, etc. It's not asking a lot. We can put up with this for a couple of months. And then as time wore on, as time wore on, the novelty certainly wore off. Mm. And for those of us in the entertainment industry, the reality dawned that, you know, the prospect of us getting back to work was receding into the distance as this COVID thing just refused to go away. So now we're in a situation all of these months later, we still have no clarity. You know, we accept, of course, we accept we're grown-ups, we're adults, we're responsible people. We accept that there has to be rules and regulations. We accept that, and we look at the figures, and we know that uh, this is a serious condition and something that, that has to be treated with great respect. But our great problem is the great lack of clarity, number one. When when is this famous roadmap going to be unveiled, number one? And number two, where is the consistency you know, hmm. let, let's be treated with the same the same degree of respect as 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 other industries are. You know, it is it is to me very hard very hard to reconcile that um, only fifty people are allowed in the Gaiety Theatre in Dublin for a play. Hmm. You know, take take twenty steps across the street and two hundred people are in that pub. Grab a cab out to Croke Park and forty thousand people are in there, and yet we're not allowed. The music industry, we, we can't have a four-piece band playing at a wedding. Hmm. You know, to me, there's a great inconsistency there. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted. I'm delighted that, that 40,000 people in Croke Park, don't get me wrong, I have no beef with the GAA. I'm delighted that, that, that pubs and restaurants are open, open again. But we would just like to be treated with the same respect. I mean, it was, it was a, a little bit of a rebuff to our industry when... Uh, when Catherine Martin met with uh, with representatives from our industry, that the Taoiseach, mm. the Tanister, and the Health Minister didn't turn up, but just sent like their lackeys instead. Now that you, you can read a lot into that, PJ. The cabinet are meeting. Neffet have met. The committee will meet. We are expecting a document sometime next week, probably Tuesday, stroke Wednesday. What do you want to have in that document? Clarity, clarity. I'm 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 not expecting they're saying okay lads you can go back to work next week. I'm not saying I'm not hoping to say go back to work the start of September. What I'm hoping for as a mature intelligent person I'm hoping for clarity. I'm hoping to get some some def, some definitive uh wording as to when not when we can get back to like these pilot schemes which which don't prove a damn thing. Because we're, we're living in the real world. We need to be able to go into venues and play to full capacity. It doesn't work, you know, in, in the real world to go in and play to 50 people. It just doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense. And even though some of these gigs, these pilot gigs, have been, have, have, there's been grants, et cetera, to make them viable, it really doesn't progress our situation of getting back to work in the real in the real world of the entertainment industry. So what we need is clarity. Because what you do... Phil, you book the Opera House in Cork, you book a couple of nights, you have overheads from that, you sell tickets for that. 
the the grant aided system with a hundred people. I, I was at the pilot event they did in the Opera House in July. Lovely event, but one, mm. it couldn't possibly be viable on a long term basis. And secondly, it, it it proved nothing. No, it's a token. It's no more than that token. It's a fob, you know, to keep us quiet for a little while and and and, and that people perceive that there's some efforts are being made. But it's it's it really it doesn't advance the situation at all. Not not in the slightest. We need to get back to, you know, as, as, as other industries have done, you know, in the hospitality industry, we need to get back to work. Now, personally, I'm probably in a, in a kind of privileged position because I've been at this game a long time. So I would have a little bit of a safety net. In other words, you know, I'm not depending on three gigs a week to pay to pay uh, to pay my rent or pay mm. pay my mortgage or pay pay for for the car payments whatever you know I've been at this long enough to have some kind of a buffer but there are legions legions of younger guys um, that are really struggling and this you know this has been very close to putting their lights out what we have what we what we have seen PJ is that in the support uh, industries to our performers. And talking about sound crews, lighting crews, tour managers, road managers, um, they've all had to abandon the business in huge numbers to get proper jobs, as they would call it, like driving trucks and doing deliveries. Now, when when we do get back to work, um, those experts may not be available. Those techs who, who have... Who have, who have learned their experience and who have learned their traffic, they just not be available. They may just have to say, "Well, I tell you what, I have a proper job now that's paying that that's that, that's that's paying me on a regular basis. I can't go back. I've sold all my gear. Maybe there are there are horror stories that I hear about about uh, uh, lighting companies, sound companies who have have to sell off their gear in order just to stay alive, in order to pay their mortgage. And here's a point, PJ. This is our business is one that needs planning. That's why I'm talking about clarity. You know, you, you can't suddenly declare, okay, all uh, all bets are off. You can get back to work like on a Monday and think that we can go back to work on a Tuesday, you know, because venues have to be booked. Promotions have to be, have to be done. Crews, musicians have got to be lined up. This is, you know, this is a complex uh, operation. Like, let's make a very practical example here. You you would traditionally visit Cork uh, around Christmas time. You'd do a, maybe a gig in the Opera House or you might do Ballymaloo. Mm-hmm. So when would you pick up the phone or your people pick up the phone to the Opera House, say, and start planning? When would you do that, Phil? Six months ago. Six months ago. So here's the thing. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the, the venues are reluctant to, to take confirmed bookings because they just don't know. You know? So they're, they're suffering as much as we are, the performances of it. They, they, they're reluctant to say the Opera House can't give you a confirmed yes we definitely, you'll definitely be on on the sixteenth of December because because they're in a position where they, they, you know, they can't commit, they can't issue a contract because they don't know. None of us know, and that's all we're looking for. It's just the clarity to say, can we contract to do this tour? Can we contract to do to do this gig? And and whether it's in a in somewhere like the Opera House or like a hotel situation like Ballymaloo or some of the others. We just need to know. Another advantage you have, I guess, you've worked and toured globally and you're probably in touch with with people around the world. How are we comparing, Phil? Very poorly. Very poorly. We're, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're last in line. I was just this, this very morning in communication with an ex-drummer of mine who moved to the States and he's now playing with uh, touring Broadway shows, etc. And he's, his, his diary is full. 
Uh, he's been on the road for a few weeks with one show. When that finishes, he's he, he leaves that and he picks up with uh, with uh, with with another because that's ongoing. They're back in business. Broadway is in full swing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's all vaccinated crowds, but but Broadway is in in full swing. Well, you see, there's a the thing. We don't have a problem with that. We don't have a problem with that. Of course, I'm quite happy to say yes, guys. I will be touring uh, in in November and December. But you need to know that you can't come to my gig unless you're vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, just please don't come. We've got a problem. We've got a problem with the unvaccinated people who determine not to get vaccinated for whatever reason. In my in my opinion, misplaced. Mm. Um, but what is happening there? They're holding the rest of us to ransom. That's really basically what's happening. We would have no problem saying only vaccinated people can come to our gigs. No problem with that whatsoever. And since the hotel industry now has got itself back in business, I was I was on the road on, on a road trip um, just a week before last. I was over in the west of Ireland. I was doing a few days with the, the Notre Dame University. I've got a summer campus in Kylemore Abbey. So I was over in Connemara for a couple of days. And in and out of hotels, in and out of restaurants on the road, Everybody is now well well attuned to 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 check your your COVID status, you know, which most people now have on their phone. You just show them that QR code, and it's you know people are uh, people are observing that. Uh, they're observing the uh, the social distancing in restaurants and hotels, etc. So it can work, you know. It's not a mystery. So it's not going to be a mystery um, if we get back in business to entertainment. You know, mm. if pe- people come up to the theatre, people turn up to the hotel just to check their tickets and check their code. It's no big deal. Mm. Phil, how are you keeping? You you were one of the ones who you're a man of a certain age. Shall we say you had to cocoon and all at the start? How are you keeping other than being frustrated about work? Oh, the cocooning! The cocooning was something else. The cocooning was something else that made us feel. You know, I mean, I'm I'm 79 years of age, so I would be categorised as being vulnerable. In fact, very vulnerable. Um, but the the uh, the cocooning thing was, was, was right at the start. Was at the worst, where you really, you know, in over 70s, you weren't allowed to to leave your house. You could walk around the garden. You know, you could do that kind of stuff. Somebody else had to do your shopping or bring in your paper, whatever it was. So I mean, that just that just merged into a kind of a blur, PJ. You know, mm. Monday merged into Tuesday, into Wednesday, into Thursday. And I said at the time, the only way the only way I could determine what day of the week it was when I woke in the morning was to check my pillbox. <laughs> Pillbox told me what day of the week it was. That's that's. I mean, at least you know. At least the whole thing has given me inspiration. I mean, I wrote a song called "Thank Thank the Good Lord for My Pillbox," and I wrote I wrote another one a while ago. Said, "If the COVID doesn't kill me, the cabin fever will." <laughs> Phil, we look forward to seeing you online. Just is not the same, old friend. We look forward to seeing you very very soon. Please, God, I can't wait to get back to Cork and see all my friends down there. One of my favourite places to play, as you well know, PJ, and, and uh, bring it on. The great Phil Coulter speaking to me yesterday from his lockdown lounge studio uh, in, in Wicklow. And he has on his Facebook page, he does little gigs uh, at the weekend and some of the videos, the previous ones are there. It's, it's well worth a watch. But if there's a man that knows the business better, I've yet to meet him and a lovely man and uh, he's calling for that simple word, clarity. Uh, and you have to listen to him, don't you? Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. See MIG.ie. Can we just talk? 
The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850-715-996. On Cork's 96FM. Coming up, I want to hear your... Uh, DIY disasters. With a bit of good weather now, people will be getting out into the garden, maybe doing a bit of work in the garden, or maybe upstairs, grab the tools, and maybe do some work upstairs in one of the bedrooms. You know, it's nice, uh, nice weather, and whatever. Do a little bit of DIY. It doesn't always go according to plan. Every single one of us has a story. I'll give you one of mine. Fiona's got one of hers. Fergal's got some of his. We've all got a story of a little DIY problem where you said, ah, sure, I'd do that myself. That'll be no, I'd be grand. And several hours and many, many euros later, it still isn't fixed. We've all got one. Throw it on a WhatsApp voice message or write it up in a text to us and we'll have some fun with it. And I'll give you some of mine and some of Fiona's a bit later. But first of all, the ad there for back to school reminded me of very, very difficult days. (laughs) The cost involved in going back to school. And even worse in these times when we're all encouraged to be sustainable and cut down on our waste and cut down on our refuse and cut down on the amount of plastic we use and that, 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 that. It can be more expensive because some of these alternatives are not cheap. Or are they? Is there a sustainable and yet affordable way to send the kids back to school? Taz Kelleher is with the useless project. I, I love the name, Taz, sustainability expert. Is it possible to sustainably send your kids back to school for without breaking the bank. Good morning to you. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? Good, good. good can, can, it, can you do it, that? Yeah, absolutely. To be honest, I think that like sustainability has kind of gotten a bit of a, a bad rep that it is more expensive. It's the more expensive option that, you know, the eco versions of, you know, things that we would buy our kids to go back to school are more expensive than the regular. But in actual fact... The whole thing about sustainability is just using what we already have. It's engaging in the circular economy, which means that, you know, anything that we buy or wear, we use it and then pass it on so it can get reused and reused. We mend it, we repair it, and we look after it. So when we look at going back to school, you know, it's it's looking at the school uniforms and seeing can you buy anything secondhand, maybe setting up a swap shop amongst parents or a Facebook group amongst parents where parents can can, po- can write in and say, does anybody have a grey jumper that will suit a 12-year-old? Or does anybody have a white shirt? Or I have these shoes, black shoes, size six, and you know I've no other kids after Jimmy is finished with these. Would anybody else yeah. like them? It's passing those on, and that's free. The only problem with that is that... Do you have, do you have kids going to school, Taz? I don't, no. Yeah, they eat the jumpers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah. and and the shoes, well, they'll, they'll come home with one shoe. <laughs> they don't know. But I, I I love the idea though. If you finish with one and it's still in good nick, well, the hand me down culture, you know, the hand me down culture exactly. And like setting that up, you know, amongst parents, but like school books as well. You know, like a lot of the time, school books will be used and they'll be used for you know a couple of months when you're covering something, or even for the year, and then we, you know, it'll it'll gather dust in your house when in actual fact a student in the next year could use it and it will save on the waste and like the carbon impact that comes from making stuff but also money as well. Yeah. yeah. What about things like lunches and lunch boxes? 
Yeah, so again, you know, looking to try to cut down on your plastic where at all possible. You know, plastic pollution has become a massive problem at the moment. And it's looking like by 2050, we're going to have more plastic than fish in our oceans, which is really, really stark. And, you know, in, in actual fact, it is going to be the kids who are in school who are really going to be feeling the brunt of all this change that's happening right now. So when it comes to lunches, looking to cut down on that single-use plastic by using reusable bags instead of Ziploc bags and using, you know, lunch boxes and packing packing things in reusable containers and again you don't need to go out and buy the best of the best lunch boxes and fancy aluminium bottles like you can if you want them they'll stand the test of time use leftover takeaway containers you know that you may have gotten at chow main and at the weekend or whatever yeah. it doesn't have to be you know you don't have to go out and buy the i used them things. in the shed to keep screws in so yeah you can put anything you want in them yeah absolutely yeah yeah exactly yeah so keep stuff that might be used again so look around the house Keep containers that, that 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 you might be able to to use again. Um, on the drink the drinks bottles, uh, yeah, yeah, the, the they are cheap enough these days, aren't they? They are. They're 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 so widely available now. Those kind of aluminium ones. I feel like they're in every second shop, and they're great because they keep drinks cold and they keep drinks hot. And I think over the last couple of years, it's become kind of common that. Um, kids are taking these like little mini plastic water bottles to school every single day because they are so cheap. But you know, in actual fact, over the course of time, like that adds up, and you're you're not buying, you're not paying for the water, you're paying for the plastic bottles at the end of the day because the contents are free. You know, so oh, if yeah, you can well, get it, yeah, those plastic bottles. Well, they're so they're so cheap now. You get six, you get six plastic bottles of small plastic bottles of water in Tesco, or maybe other for about one thirty or one forty now. Yeah, it's mad. And, like, it looks really cheap, but, you know, over the the course of however many months a kid is in school, like, that's a significant amount of money, you know? Yeah. Now you can reuse those bottles a few times. You can, of course, yeah, just turn them into the dishwasher. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, any other ideas that we would, like, wrapping school books? Yeah, so wrapping school books, again, will mean that they will stand the test of time, and, again, they can be passed on. So, wrapping them in what you have in the house, you know, do you have... Uh, a, a cereal box that you can turn inside out and like wrap them, you know, face side down on the books. That's really hard card. And you can get your kid mm. to draw on it or paint on it or scribble on it. Again, it's completely individual to them. We, we had school books covered in old wallpaper. Yeah, Is there exactly. always a roll of wallpaper yeah, in the exactly. house somewhere? Yeah. Exactly. That, exactly that kind of a thing. And I think another really impactful way is like if you are a parent and you're concerned at the moment, like I said, you know, with the, with the latest IPCC report coming out, a lot of parents are, you know, feeling a little bit guilty in the in the knowledge that, you know, who who knows what's going to happen in the next in the next couple of years, and their children may be the ones who are feeling the brunt of this. Like, try to get in contact with the school and see if they can, you know, implement any kind of environmental programs to educate the kids on what's going on. Like, there's this one amazing campaign that's going on at the moment called Bugs, Bees, and Native Trees, and essentially what it's trying to do is it's trying to plant native trees, reintroduce native trees into Ireland on a big planting day on the 12th of November. But, you know, a lot of schools are taking part in that. If they've got land on the, on the school um, school grounds, they've got enough space to plant trees and the kids are getting involved in that as well. So those kind of programs within the school really educate kids because, you know, they do need to, they, 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 they do need to, to, to know what's going on because it is I have happening. a funny feeling though, Taz, from listening to the friends of mine with kids of school going age, Mike kids are done, done with school now thankfully um, the kids are actually telling the parents 
about sustainability and about climate change. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. I think it is really young people who are kind of leading the charge with this at the moment. And I think, you know, a huge reason for that is because there's a lot of kind of like climate anxiety out there. Like a lot of kids are seeing these reports or, you know, the, the stories that we're hearing, like this is going to happen in their lifetime. Like they're, it is their future that's uncertain at the end of the day, so they are caring. Yeah. Okay, and they can work together to make things a bit more sustainable for the back to school. And it doesn't need, like you say, it doesn't need to be outrageously expensive. Taz Kelleher from The Useless Project. I love that. The Useless Project, an expert on sustainability. 1850-715-996. Tom says, I want to pick her up on something she said. She was talking about putting the school books away and reusing the school books. Does she not realise that the books change so often that's not possible? It's a point. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. The Cork Diary. On Cork's 96FM. Marymount's Mizzen to Malin virtual cycle is underway. You have until October 31st to complete the 600km virtual cycle and help raise vital funds for Marymount University Hospital and Hospice. Sign up to complete the route which can all be done from your local area, logging your daily kilometres as you go. To register and for more information, see marymount.ie. If you have an event you would like mentioned, email corkdiary at 96fm.ie. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Just that DIY thing I was saying to you. The reason we're doing it is Woody's has released a report uh, and it has jumped in revenue by 46%. Like in the middle of the pandemic when other shops were going to the wall and in serious trouble, Woody's has seen a 46% increase in its half-year revenue. Credit card spending on hardware is gone bananas during lockdown. So if all those people are taking screws and timber and bits of shelves and spanners and hammers and drills home, there must be an awful lot of DIY disaster out there. I'll tell you later about the shelves I made three attempts to put up. And we've just abandoned it as a bad job at the end. Or the curtain pole that Fiona decided, do I need to adjust that little bit? And she stood at the locker and ended up in crutches. So it happens. It happens. Yours would be most welcome at 1850-715-996. Do you ever get a phone call or would you ever wonder what you'd do if you got a phone call to say that you were the beneficiary of somebody's will? Someone you'd never heard of. Someone... You've no idea who they are or how you might be related to them. Well, you have this you have this dream, for example, that you, you'll wake up some morning and there'll be a letter on the mat or a call on the phone to say that your your uncle Uncle Fergus from Llandudno that you never knew existed has died and, and left you a house or left you a car or left you a colossal amount of money. What would you do? Uh, how would they find you? It's it's a fascinating field, and one of the people who's expert in it is Maeve Mullen. Maeve, good morning. Good morning, PJ. Good you you morning. were working in a bank, and then you decided to study genealogy as a hobby. Exactly. 
And now you're doing it full time. That's it. That's it. Yes, I uh, did a night course in genealogy and then an opportunity. Uh, I I really liked my, my job in the bank. I liked the people that I was working with. Um, but an opportunity came up to take redundancy and just do something different. So I decided to grasp that nettle and uh, head off into the world of genealogy. Yeah. You, you work for Finders International or you did. What do they do? Finders International, uh, the work that we do is mostly for um, with solicitors for probate cases. So the two usual scenarios um, is that a deceased person has uh, died and they made a will, but there's somebody named in the will that the solicitor can't locate and they, came, they come to us to ask us to um, find that person um, or the deceased person might not have made a will at all. Uh, they died in testate and then uh, we are required to locate all of their next mm. of kin and all of the, the beneficiaries to their estate. What kind of resources would you use for that? So it's a combination of um, desk research using um, online databases uh, and then we also visit repositories and um, collect records, births, marriages, deaths, mm-hmm. um, probates, wills. Uh, All probates. stuff that's in the public domain but you need a certain amount of expertise to find it I guess. Precisely, yeah. precisely, yes. And yeah. um, I, I suppose uh, following on from just listening to um, a Phil talk, Phil Coulter earlier talking about their uh, industry being closed down. We were blessed that we could continue. Yeah. That the, there's enough online to to allow us to continue yeah. with our research yeah. during Ra- lockdown. Rakes of it has been digitised in the, in the past ten, 10 years or so, which is good. Exactly. You know, I mentioned about people having this dream, you know, that the phone rings or a letter drops on the mat and, you know, great great uncle Paddy in Llandudno in Wales, of whom you've never heard, has yeah. died and there's a considerable sum of money there for you. Does that yeah. happen very often? It 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 happens uh, a lot. I suppose we make a lot of those phone calls, but it's it's usually not the massive windfall that uh, people would be hoping that it would be. You know, uh, I suppose the, uh, an estate of millions is quite unusual. Yeah. It's more usual that it would be, um, you know. Uh, maybe the the value of somebody's house or whatever savings they had in the bank. And then that that gets divided among, you know, twenty five cousins yes. or 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 whatever. So it's it usually works out as a as a, a much more modest amount yeah. of money. But it's still a nice phone call to get and it's you know, it's nice to be told that you know, that you will inherit something rather than, you know, uh, money coming in. I I knew someone got such a call, you see, Maeve, and they were all excited. And by the time they got to the end of the process, they got a nice nice weekend away in a hotel in Dublin. was about as much as they got out of it. But they were delighted, you know what I mean? Sometimes, though, and I think, sometimes people just want information or are happy to get information. Absolutely. Uh, You know, 90... 
5% of of the the people that we would get in contact with are very interested in as you mentioned the the great uncle paddy who went to wales or or um, somewhere, somewhere in australia or america or canada or wherever and um family he he lost contact with his family in ireland and the family always wondered you know what happened to him or where he went and um a uh, families are are very interested to know a uh, about anything that we can tell them about the person's life you know what they worked at or um and mm. then in particular where they might be buried so that yeah. they could possibly go and visit is there know. a particular case that that you remember with fondness in that regard say I, I, we're, we're, we're very proud of a particular case that, that recently it was um, a gentleman had passed away in hospital and nobody had visited him while he was in the hospital. This was pre-COVID when you could have visitors in hospitals. Um, his GP didn't have any um, next of kin on file for him either. And um you know, some of those cases are urgent because the person's funeral hasn't happened yet. And uh, we managed to find this gentleman's mother's grave and he was buried, you know, in the family plot, whereas he he might have been buried somewhere else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How quickly did that, did that come together for you? That... That particular case came together very quickly in that we got that inquiry on the Thursday afternoon and by by Tuesday wow. we we had um the grave details. Wow. Yeah. That take that takes great knowledge of your of your resources. Nice one for that, Maeve. If, if somebody wanted to check up with you, it's it's Finders International. There's also a website, Unclaimed Estates. What's in that? Un- unclaimedestates.ie is a list of uh, bona vacantia cases. Um, so in the UK, um, when somebody passes away, doesn't have any uh, known next of kin, the um, the Treasury puts all of those cases on a list, and that's called the bona vacantia list. So uh, anybody can go and check okay. that list and see um, if it, if it um, strikes a chord with somebody in their particular family, yes. you know that 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 they do they know. Can, they can start the process, and they might be able to it might be able to find something out. Fascinating, Maeve. Thank you very much for being with us on the panel. And Maeve Mullen from Finders International. Uh, there might be there might be something out there or there might not but it might be fascinating to follow a trail anyway thank you very much right I've been going on about the weather all week and going on about this fella because it's two weeks tonight I was sitting having a bite to eat uh, in actually in Barry's and I saw a tweet from Alan O'Reilly predicting now he wasn't 100% sure but he was looking ahead to this week and saying it looked very good for the end of August, if all of the various models came together. And come together, they did, Alan. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. You've had a good summer of this. You called the heat wave early, and you said two weeks ago that we were in for a spell of good weather. Did you expect it to be good this good? 
Uh, didn't think it would hang around as long as it's going to, to be honest, PJ. Um, yeah, the weather models were kind of showing that trend, but it was, they weren't always in agreement, which makes it a bit tricky. So I like to show what could happen rather than what might happen. And yeah, uh, yeah we're, lucky, we're lucky that it has come off, but it's, it's kind of a really lovely spell of late summer weather. Really, it's gorgeous. It what it is, you, you, and this is this is a hobby for you. You have a day job, but you look at what is it? Three or four different sets of information, and you look where they might coincide. Is that it? Yeah, there's a couple of different weather models. The main two is there's a European one and an American one, and it's often a battle of which one is going to be more more accurate and which one verifies. And then there's what we call the ensembles, which I call spaghetti graphs, which is Kind of this, they run the computer models run the same thing, and they alternate the starting point a little bit. Yeah, and and the output then as you go along. So you know the first couple of days, the spaghetti is like when you put it into a pot; it's real tight at the top. But as it go down along, it becomes. I've spread, seen those graphs. You know, I haven't clue what's yeah. on them, but that's how you that's how you combine the information. So that gives you a kind of a, a longer term view in terms of looking at those and, and when you kind of look at a few different sets and you track them over, you look for the trends. It's the trends really because when, when you get a trend that's, that's kind of shown what, you know, they're starting to agree with each other, then you can kind of show that trend and that's what I tweet then and say, this mm. is what we're looking at and this is what hopefully will happen um, or not happen sometimes. Yeah. But it, well, it, well it, I'm it, looking it, now at my favourite one, which is still uh, Dark Sky. Uh, I, I use the YRNO as well, but I still prefer Dark Sky. What I'm looking at, Helen, is I'm looking at this glorious weather for at least another week. Yeah, pretty much. Now, there will be some more cloud around, but it's going to stay dry at least up until next Friday. And actually, even the weather models this morning suggest we might even get into maybe next weekend. We might get Saturday and possibly even Sunday out of it. But it's going to stay dry. Now, the temperature is going to drop back a little bit. Mm. So we're going to be back around probably 19 or 20 degrees by Monday. Um, we'll take that. Oh, In late August and the start of September, we'll take that. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's great to be, you know, thinking about will I put on shorts rather than wondering where the where the, the bag of coal is coming from, you know, when you don't want to start lighting the fire and the heat this time of the year. Fantastic. So it, it does look like it. It will be a bit more cloudy around. And as you saw there, there's fog in the morning in a few areas. So... It's sunny spells rather than those maybe clear blue skies that many of us have seen, but still a lovely spell of weather right up until the end of next week. And it, after that, it really is very uncertain because we have a couple of tropical storms that are developing in the Atlantic hurricane season now is really starting to peak. Right. Um, but that can, that sometimes people think once they see a hurricane mentioned, they assume that it's going to come our way. It can actually have the opposite effect as well because it can keep the jet stream well above us. Ah. And that's kind of what's happening at the moment. It can so keep, the good, it can keep the good stuff over with us. Alan, we'll catch up again. People can follow you on Twitter at, at Carlo Weather. Thanks very much, Alan O'Reilly. He's a complete, this is his hobby. Uh, he has a day job. Uh, but this, uh, Carlo Weather, Alan O'Reilly, uh, remarkably accurate all summer. And we'll catch up with him again in the weeks to come. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Hear the full show on our app, by podcast or on 96FM.ie 
The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, PJ, do you remember the so-called Spanish plume earlier this year that seemed to go into lockdown? To know about these long-term forecasts, look at the sky each morning. That's your day's forecast says Jimmy in Cove. Yeah, yeah, not wrong, Jimmy. Things like red sky in the morning, shepherd's sake, warning, that works. Red sky at night, shepherd's delight, that, that kind of works too. The Spanish plume did come, it just didn't come up far enough because the, the nasty stuff from the Atlantic kicked it back down home. And it didn't get the stability that it needs across the top. But then when our friend the Azores High came up across us in July and sat there for a week and a half, and Alan had seen that two weeks out. So, yeah, there's, there's an amount to be said for good, accurate studying of the models. But uh, thanks for your message, Jimmy. More of your DIY stuff, please. Uh, I suppose, mea culpa at this stage. Uh, it's the... I, I won't say I'm good at this. I, I, there are little jobs I do around the house, and, and I like doing little jobs around the house. I was half decent at woodwork in school. So I, I built a little deck last spring and we shelved out the shed and a few little small jobs like that once I'm left on my own with my music for a few hours I'd be granted but, but up in the umphala's room we, as you know I think I told you we, we, we did the room up for, for the lad uh, last year and lovely job and all that but we did a wall a big wall we wanted to we were putting his, his TV corner so sitting his TV into the corner and his games and his Playstation his gaming chair and a big blank wall up behind it so the missus came home from Woody's or some one of these places with two shelves two little shelves that he could put all of his stuff on now we're not talking about weights or gym equipment just stuff like DVDs and stuff like that do you think I could make them stay on the wall I tried three or four different kinds of fitting I tried Oh, in the end we just said screw them I'll put them up somewhere else because they just wouldn't stay on the wall they're supposed to stay on the wall but they wouldn't stay on the wall um, Fiona was telling me then she there was a curtain pole was just whatever way she looked at it was a small bit off you know we've all got that curtain pole in the house that's just a little bit off uh, and she um, she decided I'm going to have a look at that now and see can I straighten it so what did she do? Did she go out into the shed and did she get a, a stepladder or a proper stepper and stand up? Not at all, she didn't. No, no, no. Fiona decided she'd stand up on the locker under the curtain pole and have a look at it. Yeah. And of course the locker, well, the locker, I don't know whether the locker collapsed or she fell off the locker. But you see, and it broke. Yeah, the locker collapsed under her. And Fiona's small and light like. The locker just went down to matchwood underneath her. I mean, this like, oh dear, sweet God Almighty. So more stories like that, please, for a Friday. 1850-715-996. I spoke, it was last October, so near enough to a year ago, I was talking to Leah Punch. And Leah had been to Lithuania to get surgery, um, weight loss surgery. Uh, and she told us of her adventure and she told us what had led up to it um, she'd uh, experienced when she had her, her baby 
and she got sepsis and she, she nearly died and it just spurred her to lose that weight and, and get herself sorted. So so she went off to Lithuania. To remind you, here's a, a just a, a flashback or a throwback to that conversation I had with Leah in October. So I got the gastric bypass. So there's the band, there's the sleeve, there's all different types and I got the bypass. The bypass is the most severe like when I got home, like you're on liquids and then you go on to mushy food. So you're like a newborn baby, basically. Like I was eating, such, like for the first, I'd say two, three months, I was on very little food, like maybe five bites of a dinner, like that's it. And I'm stuffed. But like now I am a year out and I eat like three meals a day and like two snacks. And like my cereal could be like maybe half a bowl of cereal and... Um, and a bit of milk, my lunches in it kind of get Caesar salads or like a tuna salad or anything like that. And any dinner, like I eat, I actually enjoy eating healthy anyway. Um, you know, so, but I'm absolutely stuffed. I still, it's just, it's mind blown. Like the, you know, the, how little my portions are. How, how quickly did the weight start to fall off, Leah? Instantly, really. Like I, in the first week I lost a stone nearly. That's because obviously you're on literally only water nearly for the first week. Um, so then it kind of, my average was like three to four pound a week. Um, and I actually lost nearly, I don't think I, I didn't, I lost every week, I think for a full year. Um, so So how much have you lost since last October? This is the end of this October. How much have you lost? Nine stone, two pound from the day of surgery till, the, till my one year. My oh. one year was the 16th of October. So I was down a stone and a half. Then myself from my heaviest. So like I'm actually like 10 and a half stone down. Like, my whole life has done a 360, like, you know, um, I, I'm i so happy, like, you cannot burst my bubble. Like, in the world pandemic, I've been the happiest I've ever been, and I can't go outside the door. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, Leah Punch on the show last October. Leah, you've had more surgery now, and I'm looking at your Instagram. It's been fairly painful, but again, it went well. Good morning. Hi, how are you? <laughs> how are you getting on? I'm good, thanks. More surgery. What was this for? So basically, obviously, I was, you know, in total, I'm down 11 and a half stone. Um, wow. And from my obviously drastic weight loss and gaining through, like I'm overweight since I'm six years old. Yeah. Um, and I've I've always known just to be overweight. So obviously after my son, that's when I reached my ultimate low time, which I hit nearly, nearly 22 stone. So I would have lost a lot of weight or through the years trying to lose it because I was on a diet my whole life. Mm. So my skin, I even had loose skin when I was overweight, if that's even possible. I, You know, from the up and down. Um, so uh, so last year when I hit Target around October, like, you know, my skin was there and I was saying, this is it now. So like I'm only 29 and I was saying, you know, like for me, the loose skin was in the way. Um, well, so I, I mean, like, how, I mean, how much, how much of it was there? I mean, I know that skin, once it's stretched like that, when you're overweight, it doesn't necessarily regain its elasticity. So, so you you were hiding a lot, were you? Yeah, like everyone is different, you know. I accepted my body for what it was, and I actually I'm very happy and content. Like, I obviously need more surgery now, but back then, even before the skin, um, you know, I was happy and content. But it was something I needed for me. I actually just qualified as a personal trainer, nutritionist. Well, I went back to college after Christmas. Good for you. Um, and that was a really eye-opener. I'm in the gym. I'm jumping. I'm doing, you know, we're tra- we'll be teaching classes. 
Like, my skin was in the way. You know, it was uncomfortable. You know, I'm trying to lift weight there. My arms are flapping. It's just not nice. I'm running on the treadmill. Everything is jiggling. Like, no matter how many tight, you know, leggings I wore or, you know, anything. Like, it was just there, like, and there's no getting rid of it. Mm -hmm. So I decided to go back and get my skin done. So I got um, an extended arm lift, which I had so much excess skin on my actual whole arm. So I'm cut from my armpit right down to halfway down my forearm. And then on my tummy then as well, I got like an FDL lower 360 lift. So like I'm cut from the center of my breast down to my belly button and the whole way around. So What, What did they do? Did they literally just cut it off and stitch you up? Yeah, basically. Um, but like, Sounds I, sore. I know, and you know what? I handle it very well. I just think I was so mentally ready for this that I knew I had to do it. Like, I'm 17 days post-op now. I flew home nine days after surgery, so mm-hmm. I was in hospital for two days. And then I went in next door to their apartments with daily visits from the nurses mm-hmm. for the other seven days. Like, the care I got was unbelievable. Like, I feel so well. And I think that's just because I actually done nothing for, like, nine days. But you were looking um, at your Instagram, you were under orders. Like, don't even tidy the house. Oh, yeah. Like, I, don't, I didn't do a thing. And to be fair, I'm still not doing anything. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm starting to make little food myself because life has to go back to normal. Yeah. Um, and, like, my wounds are healing very well. Good. You know, I'm on a high-protein diet, plenty of water. Um, I'm actually on no pain relief since like four days after surgery. Um, the odd, like when I was flying home now, I just kind of tapped up just in case because I knew I'd be out a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for small little things, I've no actual pain. Like our bodies are absolutely amazing. <laughs> well, I've seen, again, your Insta is there for all to see. And may I say, you're an extremely courageous woman to put, you, you don't spare the horses on your Instagram. No, and you know what, the whole part, like the whole story, like my journey, I started posting things and, you know, I'm just a normal person like anyone else. I was morbidly obese, overweight my whole life, you know, I, I, there was tragic events, you know, that made me get to where I am today, I'm a stronger person. I'm now so happy and content and like I thought my life was just, that was it like a few years ago, you know, I know now that I'm capable of anything, I can do anything. And, like, you know, not even just my mental health and well-being, like, my career aspects. Like, I was an SNA, you know, I'm a carer now for my grandparents. But now I know, like, my life is going to give me back something. You know, I don't know, it's mad. I'm after getting this determination in me that I'm not going to stop. <laughs> I can hear it, actually. I mean, the first time we talked, it was a recorded conversation because you were nervous. Yeah. And, and and that was fine. And now you're live and I'm hearing a change in your voice. There's a strength in your voice that wasn't there the last time. No, and, you know, it took me a long time to get here. Like, you know, people, you know, everyone's opinions are different. You know, I'm bariatric and all this. But, you know, I, I'm, I was in a position I had to do something to change my life. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee it was the best thing I ever done for me. Um, like being overweight isn't easy, you know. I need mm-hmm. to change that. And a major thing was the food size portions. I could not stop myself eating, and that's just the truth. Mm-hmm. I done everything, and that now I know I can eat. So you have to be careful. It's only a tool. You'll drop as much weight in the first twelve months because you're obviously in a calorie deficit diet. You know, you're not even meeting your calorie. You know, you're going to drop obviously, yeah. but. I can now eat, you know, grand size portions. But I know if I left myself eat all like biscuits and potatoes and sweets, 
I can very well do so, and that is high calories, and I could end up back where I was. Yeah. So that's what kind of spurred me then, got into health and fitness, and I'm gonna, I'm hoping to set up my own business and stuff, you know, in the future, um, mm. to hopefully guide and help people just I like see, me. I see, yeah, you had an ad where Leah Punch Coaching. Yeah, so... Nice I, logo, I, by the way. Yeah, I'm kind of trying to think that I rebrand again, but I just think keep it simple because everyone knows me as Leah Punch. You know, my name is Leah Punch underscore bypass by Leah on Instagram. Mm. And just keep it simple, you know. I just feel like I have a lot to offer to someone because I've been there, you know, even I I went to amazing PTs through the years. and But I just felt like they never understood, you know, it's grand to say eat less, move more. It's not that simple in some cases. I'm glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that because that was always the mantra from people who had managed, and some people do manage to decide one day, right, I'm going to drop a stone, I'm going to drop two stone, I'm going to eat less and move more. It works for them. Yeah. Great. And so then they're trying to tell the world, I just eat less and move more. It's not as simple as that. Like, come here, if it was that simple, we wouldn't have uh, you know, people overweight, like, put it that way. Um, and, like, these surgeries, I like, I don't, I wouldn't tell anyone, just go do it. Like, I was, a lo- like, a long, long time, you know, mm. I've done every diet. I was I was on milkshake diets and dietitians, like, when I was 12 or 13. Like, I remember going back that long. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so this was literally something I've struggled with my whole life. And I reached out for help when my son was three. I went to my doctor. I said, I can't live like this no more. You know, I'm five foot, 22 stone. I can't even walk to the shop. I can't even put on a sock. You know, I said, this is bad. Like I said, I cannot lose. I lose three stone, gain it back just as quick. Like I am 10 and a half stone since Christmas. First time in my life, I'm not on a diet. I eat a very hel- a healthy, well-balanced diet, you know, a bit of everything is my motto, you know, but I'm the same weight for eight months. Like, that's huge for me. I how, never how long, stood. how long, has you, have you ever been able to do that in your entire life before? Never in my life have I stayed the same weight, and that's actually the God honest truth. Like, right. I gained, like, my mem- from about 15, I got down to about 12 stone. So by 22, I was 22 stone. So I've gone, you know, up in like 10, like if I kept going, God knows where I would have went. But obviously, then I had to go abroad after waiting two and a half years on the wait list. Um, And then, like, they were saying, like, wait another six to eight years. So that meant I could literally have been living in... well, I don't know what I even lived, you know. Yeah. So you, you, yeah, that's why you went abroad. We did discuss that the last time. I, yeah. I did read a piece during the week, um, Leah, which I wanted to, to bring to your attention. And it was just uh, a doctor was warning uh, about traveling for surgery like this, saying that, look, you know, you've no comeback if something goes wrong or, or who's going to care for you. When you come back, so so you're what nineteen or seventeen or nineteen days post surgery now. So yeah. in on the unlikely event that something were to go wrong uh, with one of your wounds, you will. Um, you, what do you do? Yeah, so like even that for any surgery, you know, I just want to kind of cover that even with bariatric. Like you know, there's actually a thing called cross border directive, mm-hmm. um, which I never knew about. So if you're on any public waiting list in Ireland, you're entitled under the European like whatever it's called, go abroad and get that surgery and it'll be paid for. Mm -hmm. So, like, technically there, you're actually covered if they're offering that service. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually recently moved GP because my, even though my old GPs referred me for bariatric surgery, they weren't kind of really willing to 
give me the care as such, even though you I weren't too pushed about it. Yeah, you, you moved, and, and so like, did were you? Hang on, Lithuania is is in the EU. So were you able to get coverage? Your your surgery covered. I'm actually in the middle of applying for my bariatric. I haven't applied for my skin. Um, as I said, I moved to a new doctor. She is absolutely amazing. I went in, I told her the situation. I showed her my skin and said, Lee, I understand. She said, you can't live with that, you know. Mm-hmm. So my doctor is, like, on board. And if anything goes wrong, like, you know, I'll be going into her. But so far, so good. Good. Um, and, like, it's just, like, you have to take the chance. And people move all over the world, you know. Like, I know skin removal is different because it's actually wounds. Mm. And, it, you know, and I'm obviously terrified because I ended up in intensive care over my wound for my C-section. Yes. But I'm in a lot That's where all they started, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, like I'm in a better place. I'm strong, you know, as a person. I can only do my best. And, like, the hospital, like, they're just, they're brilliant. So just so, the chance I took. And, like, they, they can't not look after you like you to go to true. hospital, you know. true, true. true. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But obviously you need to make sure you go to a proper place, like, you know, like my place is proper, like, you know, where I went. So, Good. like, I'd have, I'd no fear going back there, Good. you know, to be Good. literally chopped to death and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, not me. So are you, are you done now with, with surgery or what's the story? Um, I do need to have my inner thighs done um, and, like, my breasts are, like, completely deflated as such. Um, I was planning for this time next year. But you know what? I'm actually very happy with the results they have. So, I, like, I don't know. I will get it done eventually, but I'm in no rush. I just right. think the biggest thing for me was my arms and my tummy. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't have to tuck my tummy into my jeans anymore. Um, yeah. You know, like my arms, my, my son, you say, Mom, your arms are like your nana's hand. Like my nan's 81, you know. <laughs> that's, that's how bad, like, you know, if I was reaching down for anything, like, you see all the loose skin gathering and wrinkly, you know, like, I'm 30 November, so kids, I'm... Kids will tell you, won't they? They'll tell well, you they just... Don't, they don't like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how old is he now? Uh, my son, he's seven and a half. Oh. It'll be eight in January, so... Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they, they won't put a tooth in it when they're telling you what they think, will they? Yeah, like I came home, he said, Mom, you still look the same. Because, like, you know, I'm still the same because my skin wasn't that bad. And then he's yeah. like, okay, okay, I can see now it's different <laughs> when I was changed. Because I'm obviously taped up and I have compression suits on. These will stand for like six to eight weeks. Oh, really? Um, yeah, so that's just reducing with swelling and all right, that. So, so um, like, you, what is it? You've got, is it like a, like, it's like a, like a tight vest or something? It's like um, like a waist trainer effect, so I think the girls kind of know all that. So it's like pulling all your tummy, you know, you tear a waist training for like your sides, like. So it's basically a tight uh, latex kind of material uh, just to have compression on you so you don't swell. And it just reduces like your scarring kind of spreading. It just keeps everything neat, basically. That, that must be kind of kind of difficult on a hot night. Yeah, like last night now, I was actually up all night. But um, I just stewing in your own juices there, girl. Yeah, twenty three hours a day I wear it. Um, so I just take it off to have a shower, and I have like two suits, and I just you know rotate, then wash them every day. And yeah, so so far so good. Like I feel very good. Good for um, you. You sound you listen, you sound so happy, and and you sound so together. And it's great to hear you. And we keep into. And let me know when you do decide what you're doing with the business, and we'll give it a plug for you because I've enjoyed okay. talking to you on both occasions. Yeah, yeah, all um, exciting times ahead. Now you know, I suppose just sharing your journey. I've been nothing but open, and honest, and sharing my life. You know. Mm. I I'm just being myself. Like what's what's the Instagram, Leah? Again, 
Um, Leah Punch underscore bypass by Leah. All right, listen, look after yourself and, and take care and we'll chat again. That's uh, Leah Punch, 1850-715-996. The last time she spoke to me, we had to record it because she was so nervous. And listen to her now. And she's absolutely fine. Look, we're not endorsing any kind of surgery. We're not endorsing that you travel for surgery. That is her story. She's entitled to tell us and we'd love to hear it. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Stormzy is getting his own waxwork in Madame Tussauds. Is that like the UK's equivalent of the Hollywood Walk of Fame? Probably will be. For them to actually give you a space you're in the waxwork. You're, you're, you're kind yeah. of like, you're important enough that people want to get photographs taken next to a giant candle made out of you. Exactly. <laughs> That's what they should do, put a little wick on the top of each, each waxwork's head and flog it for well, a Well, Joe Wick should definitely get one. <laughs> yeah. Casey and Ross in the morning with no DC cars Blackpool for Skoda in the city. A long-standing tradition in Cork. Open 24-7 at milldc.com. Courts 96 FM. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Quick reminder, Premier League Live back this Saturday uh, on the 96FM website or indeed the app uh, presented by Trevor Welsh and powered by Talk Sport. Trevor and the team back with uh, three big games Saturday. Live coverage of Manchester City versus Arsenal at 12.30. West Ham v Crystal Palace at 3. Liverpool v Chelsea at half past 5. It's the Premier League live online with Now. Stream live Premier League action with a Now Sports or Sports Extra membership. It's your sport on your terms. Stream the only games that matter to you uh, with Now. And listen Saturday on the Cork's 96FM app or go to 96fm.ie. Time to uh, do the last of our Cork versus COVID features uh, on the programme. We've featured them right through the summer. Um, this week, Maureen Tuig has been looking at how the return to school is affected by COVID and how staff and pupils are overcoming the various challenges involved. The Walshes in Ballygarvan are preparing to head back to primary school. Ava Walsh, John Walsh, Rachel Walsh, Ballygarvan National School, Rachel, Finn and Vince. And do you have your uniform ready? Yeah, but not my shoes. What's your favourite thing about school? Uh, I don't know. Ava. What class are you going into? Fourth. What are you most looking forward to? Seeing my friends. And has it, was last year, you know, the year just gone in third class. Is that hard at times because you have to learn from home sometimes? Um, it was hard enough because you got a lot of work 
to do. And what was it like, you know, interacting with, with your teacher and stuff when you couldn't actually meet them face to face? It was hard because you have to, like, um, post something and then it takes forever to see it because they have to look at other people's stuff as well. John? And are you looking forward to going to second class? Sort of. And what's your favourite thing about school? Eating lunch. Second year students returned to Kolosh de Imenrich in Cork City yesterday morning. Are you glad to be back? Yeah. And what was last year like with the pandemic learning and was there a home element in it? Yeah, like it was on you, but like you get used to it after a bit, so. Yeah, right. <laughs> what was first year like for you in a new school but in the pandemic? Uh, it was alright. The cold. When's your first full day? I know today's just induction. Next term. What's your favourite subject? Principal Aaron Wolf says it's great to see pupils back in school again. One thing the lockdowns taught everyone was young people need school and they appreciate that routine because no one likes staying up all night and getting, you know, gaming and being on social media. They're all very negative things in young people's lives and it's great now to see let, let's have a break from the screens and let's get back to talking to each other face to face. Aaron says they still need to be mindful of COVID-19. There's still great apprehension about COVID. You know, some people are very nervous, some people aren't. Um, but it's just important that we keep reinforming the message and keep, um, you know, educating young people of good hand hygiene, social distancing, and that of being aware we are still in the middle of a pandemic. It hasn't stopped just because we've gone back to school and that we can't let the guard down at this point. Meanwhile, many families struggle with back-to-school costs. The Society of St. Vincent de Paul took over 300 calls every day last week from parents looking for help. Paddy O'Flynn is president of the southwest region of St. Vincent de Paul. Unfortunately this year the government back to school clothing and footwear allowance seem to have been paid in July and uh, in many cases that's gone by the time the parents go around to do the shopping for back to school and we have to meet that and help as best we can and we do by issuing vouchers to those shops that specialise in those clothing and footwear and all the rest. As far as voluntary contributions are concerned we do advocate and we do remind people that voluntary is voluntary and it's not mandatory. The other thing this year which has come at a very bad time is the utility companies' gas electricity bills. The moratorium has ended, electricity prices has gone up by up to 9% anyway and we have a lot of people now coming to us in a state of panic with disconnection threats. Uh, we do our best to negotiate and advocate on their behalf. Paddy says they are doing what they can to help and he says that they appreciate the support of the Cork public. We're facing the challenge. It's a bigger challenge than other years. I suppose I have to add that our resources aren't bottomless. We haven't had Churchgate collection in any meaningful sense for over a year. Our shops were closed for over six months. Fortunately, they're back and doing quite well. If the generous people of Cork would like to help us, they can contact us at www.svp.ie and nominate the local charity, which is the South West, or 0181 176 176, and again nominate the South West region of Vincent de Paul. Uh, thank you, Maureen, for the packages across the summer, Cork versus COVID. Indeed, Fiona, before her, uh, the Cork versus COVID feature on Cork's 96. But that's an interesting one. We, we'll follow that up uh, over the next few weeks with Vincent de Paul. Because there's a lot of poverty in Cork, and it's a lot of poverty. And I remember, remember the, the previous Vincent de Paul people, Brendan, for example, the great Brendan, used to say to me, "It's the poverty you don't expect. It's the houses you don't expect there to be poverty in. That's where you find the most shocking poverty." 
So we'll follow that up with Vincent DePaul over the next few weeks. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's Entertainment. Performing their seminal self-titled 1977 album, Irish folk music's greatest duo, Andy Irvine and Paul Brady, accompanied by Donal Lunny and Kevin Burke have rescheduled their concert at Cork Opera House for Sunday, October 17th. Access all areas. The Great Beyond is a new two-day festival with live music and comedy in the stunning surrounds of Balnacurra House, Kinsale. It takes place on Saturday, September 11th and 12th, and acts taking to the two stages over the two days include Bell X1, The Frank and Walters, and Wallace Bird. Access all areas. Feel free to let us know at Access All Areas if you have a show, play, or exhibition coming up, or any live streaming events by emailing us at AA at 96fm.ie Access all areas Your guide to nightlife on the side On Cork's 96FM Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan Call us now 1850-715-996 On Cork's 96FM Do you ever think of starting your own business? You have a plan? You have an idea? You think, I could make some money out of that. And then it kind of goes nowhere. Because you don't really have the push. Uh, A friend of mine said to me one time, I met someone, I hadn't seen them for a very long time. And in the interim years, they'd grown a very successful business. It would have been a business I wouldn't have expected this person to be involved in. Because when they knew them, they just weren't that sort of individual. And I said, what did you do? What did you do? What did you do? I got out of my own bleeding way, was exactly what she told me. And among women, I think, they, 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 they tend to stand in their own way a lot. And they tend to face other obstacles in creating and growing a business. Um, Joe, Discover with Joe Coaching. You specialize in this, Joe. Good morning to you. Good morning, TJ. Thanks for having me. Delighted. And it, it is... There are many women out there, and men too, but women in particular, with a business idea, and a business idea that could be very viable, but they just don't know where to start. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, first of all, yeah, I I do coach. Um, I'm a business and life coach for uh, women, women in business, female entrepreneurs. And uh, you touched on the point just there about getting out of your own way. So when it comes to, I suppose, obstacles or barriers of women really, you know, wanting to start, grow, expand their business, their ideas, um, the biggest one is is the mindset. And when I look at mindset and, uh, you know, that's where the blocks, the barriers, um, that's what kind of holds them back from sometimes even starting or just expanding and growing. So... um, you know, the mindset, well, um, is 80% of uh, success, um, 20% skills. So when I talk about mindset, I'm talking about a combination of um, one's beliefs, their emotions, mm. assumptions and attitudes. Um, and is it self-belief are... is lacking in a lot of people? Yes, absolutely. So in these areas then would be what's holding you back is self-limiting beliefs. So, you know, a belief is something that we believe to be true, so it may not be. 
and it uh, can hold you back. So it may be a rule or it may be something that um, a limitation that you place in yourself or maybe somebody else has. Um, it's something that you've learned to be true. Mm. So this in business sometimes can be, you know, oh, um, maybe it's, oh, I wouldn't have the skills or knowledge to go online. Um, you know, that wouldn't, that's something that would, um, that somebody would fear, you know, and mm. would hold them back and they believe to be true. But, you know, that's not the truth because maybe you are very good and <laughs> um, you can easily learn and, and grow online. Um, but you stay stuck, I suppose, in that belief, that self-limiting belief. Yeah. It's funny, actually, there's, a, there's an interesting parallel. The number of people that would come to us, for example, as a radio show with a great idea or a great contribution or a great comment. And you'd say, well, will you take the call? Oh, God, I couldn't, couldn't possibly do that. It'd be awful. Yeah. They actually wouldn't be awful. That yeah. They don't know that. So how do you, and it's the same, I guess, with taking the business and promoting it. How do you help them climb over that hurdle? Yeah, well, what you're talking about there is that somebody, yeah, it's that self-belief. Um, that's that imposter voice that comes in and, you know, basically says, you know, who do you think you are? You're not meant to, to be here. You know, you don't deserve this. You couldn't do that. Um, and it's really about, I suppose, the first thing is the, the self-awareness is actually listening to the stories that you were telling yourself, listening to, you know, what is actually believing, I suppose, the first thing is, yes, it, to have that self-awareness of how you're talking to yourself. So first of all, you're telling yourself that you couldn't possibly do that. But is that really the truth, you know? Mm. And I, that's the first place that I would work with somebody is having that self-awareness of actually um, you know, how they're talking to themselves, uh, the stories that they are identifying these blocks um, because any of these blocks or beliefs or self-limiting beliefs, you know, they're the beliefs that are created, but they can be recreated. Mm. And if your mind is telling you you can't do something, then it can also tell you that you can do something. Yeah. Joe, is there an, is there an Irish thing or is it global? I, I somehow have a suspicion it may be Irish. Is there an Irish thing that if you push yourself, that's a negative. If you put yourself out there, put your product out there, put your idea out there and promote it for yourself. Mm -hmm. There's an Irish thing that self-praise is no praise, self-promotion is no promotion. We have to get over that one, don't we? Absolutely. And I do actually believe that um, in the last kind of year or two anyway, especially in the last year, that... um, because of COVID, because of, um, you know, people having to do things differently um, and moving themselves onto the online space and becoming more visible, you know, that they're kind of, you know, this idea of, you know, who's looking at me or the, you know, the competition, you know, feeling that, you know, you're being, um, you're taking some competition. There's more of a community-based um, feeling to it now that, you know what, it is okay for me to be out there and speak about my gifts and, um, you know, the products and services I do and be proud. So I think like the shift um, has started, but mm. we have probably a long way to, to go there yeah. as well. And How much of it is yeah. down to social media as in so it's, it's an incredibly powerful place to promote mm-hmm. your idea. But yeah. on the other hand, and we all know this, and, and there's no exception to this platform-wise, it can be the most toxic place where people are just looking for you to make a tiny mistake and they're all over you. And that can be very off-putting for people. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Look, there there is an element of that on social media, but there's a whole other positive um, side to it now as well, I think. And this is what I've seen anyway, that, you know, I started my business, um, I don't like, you know, during the pandemic, um, and I, you know, went locked down from being at home, so I had to become visible online. And, um, you know, I really did find that there was a lot more support than there was um, people out there to kind of, you know, take me down. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think it's really important. Which is what happens is we ignore the good stuff and we focus on the, like, if, if something you do gets a hundred comments, you're looking mm-hmm. at number 99 that didn't like you. That's a mindset that, need, that we need to help people with as well. Yeah. And, you know, I really haven't seen too much of it, even with my own clients and myself, like, you know, um, and absolutely, you're not going, you're not there for everybody. Like, you know, I'm not, and the right coach for loads of people, um, no more than, you know, the, not everybody's the right client for me. And if somebody doesn't like what you have to say, that's okay, you know, or... Yeah. They don't not everyone in life is going to like you. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah true. Absolutely. it's true. You've got a masterclass going, Joe. How do people get involved? Uh, yeah, the masterclass is the 31st, so next Tuesday. So anybody can find me on Facebook or Instagram, um, I'm also on LinkedIn, but the masterclass will be, uh, you can sign up through Discover with Joe Coaching. And that is, if you find my Facebook page, then I will invite you onto a private one. And um, I'll be running that via Zoom next Tuesday. So. Is, there, is there a charge for that? No, that's a free masterclass. Yeah. Oh, and it's all about, oh. um, yeah, everything to do with um, overcoming these obstacles and um, really getting the best out of um the rest of this year, uh, doing things a little bit differently. So it's recreating that new belief system and just helping people become uh, visible so they can expand their business online. Okay, so you look up Discover with Joe Coaching uh, on uh, Facebook and the unstoppable femelepreneur, the what? Is another title that Joe goes by, but Discover with Joe Coaching for that free masterclass to teach you. And I thought it was the best thing an old friend of mine said to me, I got out of my own bleeding way. And sometimes that's all you need to learn. Food festivals. We didn't have many of them. I wouldn't have any of them really over the last uh, year to 18 months. But they are back. And the autumn will be full of them. I love an old food festival, me. But I have to be very carefully watched because I'll eat the entire display if I'm let. But... I do love an old food festival and there's a few coming up. Katia Valado is from properfood.ie. I hope I have the name right. Good morning. Hi. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Valado. You did it perfectly. <laughs> Good. Welcome to the programme. Food festivals are great fun and they've, they haven't been too many of them, obviously, because of, of COVID, but, but they're coming back and you have a few you wanted to, to point us to. That's right. There's a couple coming up which are looking very nicely organised and really good fun. So the first one to happen is the Taste of Dublin and that's happening next weekend Mm. uh, in the Ivy Gardens and then in September you will have the Waterford Harvest Festival. Mm -hmm. Coming up after that is Food on the Edge which is in our field in Dublin. And then finally, we will see the return of the Burren Food Fair. Now, now the Burren is one of the most beautiful places, not just in Ireland, but in the world. And 
it's but it's it's a, it's a place you wouldn't expect a food festival to be. So tell me about it. Oh, they have the best food. So <laughs> they have really, really like they have a they have a great set of small producers, and um, they do cheese, meat, vegetables, everything you would want can come from there. You know, you've got coffee roasteries. They, they've got everything, and they've organised itineraries. Um, obviously, it's all under COVID restrictions. So it's small tours this year, but it's the return of in-person in-person events for them. Yeah. So it's, it's really good. It's really big for them, and and they do farm and production tours. Is that right? They do indeed. So you could go and visit the Santola goat cheese farm. You could go and visit the Burn Smoked Salmon place. Mm. Go to the Flaggy Shore Oysters. Um, they've loads. They've loads going on. Yeah, you mentioned that the, that cheese. I, I had a chance to sample that cheese. That's that's beautiful. That goat's cheese. It's fabulous. It's won many awards. Yeah, yeah. So, and and you obviously it's it's a paid event. So you book on. You have to and you have to book online. Do you? You do, and so their booking isn't actually quite live yet. But when it's up, it'll be on www.burn.ie. Right, right. And and can you? get tickets for say the Waterford one and the uh, the the food on the edge at the moment or are they sold out you can um so food on the edge at the moment i believe you can buy their online tickets so the the festival will be separated between online events and in person events mm-hmm. because not everyone can af- can actually get to dublin or get tickets for the in person events yeah and the prices are quite different obviously and then the Waterford Food Festival is mainly in person, mm-hmm. and I don't think that's all that yet. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. plenty of plenty of opportunities, and as I said, you, you, you don't have a, a pricing structure or a ticketing structure yet for the burn. It's in the middle of October, so it's isn't it? The, it's the October Bank Holiday. Oh, the Jazz Weekend, as we call it. Yeah, so the, presumably. Presumably there'll be far fewer restrictions on us by then, hopefully anyway. So You'd hope so, yeah. You'd hope so. All right. Okay, we'll keep an eye to it. And thanks for being with us, Katia Valado from properfood.ie. Uh, food festivals are back and that big one in the Burren looks just mighty. It's in October. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Hear the full show on our app, by podcast or on 96FM.ie. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Just wondering there, am I on my own in this? Is it just me? But that who doesn't understand the fascination with The Walking Dead or should I give it another go I, I saw that there uh, update on our Disney app at home 10 series of it like that's a couple of hundred episodes I, I don't do zombies I've, I've said God, I, I watched I think maybe one or two episodes and it came out first just out of pure curiosity and I thought no I can't I can't do, do zombies how are zombies lasting 10 series or is there something I'm missing, if anyone would care to tell? Should I give it another go? Because I can watch it for the whole winter, if there's ten series of it there. 
1850-715-996. Speaking of television, we'll be looking uh, later this hour at, uh, at a really interesting series that looks kind of funny and tragic and weird. Uh, coming up soon, it's called The White Lotus. If you've heard of it, it's going down very well in various various sections of the media. And I had looked at the trailer this morning and trying to catch an episode. And it looks funny, but it also looks very, very weird. We catch up on that. But yeah, should I have another go off The Walking Dead? Anybody care to enlighten me as to whether I should? 1850-715-996. Right, Pat says, I sent a book to London and it hasn't arrived yet. And I'm post or not being particularly helpful with this. The amount of declaration is ridiculous. And instead of discreetly passing you a form or making it available at the counter, which would also be more efficient, they asked you your name and address in front of, in my case, about 20 people. I thought we were all data protection now. This is ridiculous. There's people coming in on flights with minimal hassle and very little is known about them. But a simple book to send to our nearest neighbour takes all this delay and all this form filling. Not too sure if that's a Brexit issue, Pat. But a lot of people are complaining recently now about buying stuff, say, from Amazon. And a lot of people are buying stuff from Amazon DE. That's the German one, which has an English language website. I've bought a few things from there myself. If you go to Amazon.de and there's an English version of the website, and okay, it might take a few days more to come, but it'll cost you what it says it'll cost you. There won't be any weird customs transaction along the way. But is anybody experiencing difficulty with stuff coming in from the UK? And is it Brexit? Or is it, is it, is it COVID? What is it? And Post, by the way, in Pat's case, are blaming it on Brexit. And Post are blaming it on Brexit, so fair enough. 1850-715-996. A lot of people getting into coaching and a lot of people in, involved in helping you to grow your business. And I suppose during lockdown, a lot of people who had time on their hands came up with a business idea or they wrote down a business idea and they thought, do you know what, that's a good plan. That's a good plan. Or they're creative people. And they make something or they write something or they publish something, they do video or whatever. And they know in their heart and soul that there's money in that. Not necessarily a living, but money. But should they have a notion where to go? Uh, Tara Prendergast uh, runs The Biscuit Factory. Hi, Tara. Good morning, PJ. How's it going? Good to speak with you. The Biscuit Factory. I'll get to the name in a while. What is a creative, though, is the first question I'd ask you. I think it's a wide variety of people, PJ. We have uh, people that make soap, people that create mandalas, make jewellery, you know, blows glass. Um, there's a girl that uh, is an, an, an anatomy uh, artist. I think creativity is so wide and there's just such a huge, vast uh, portfolio of things that you can do from creativity. So art, so think, literature, poetry, for yeah, example, anything at all, poetry, video. Yeah, video, acting, um, with aerial, um, aerial trapeze artists. I think, I think... 
creativity in its essence comes from a passion for something that you um, create from your being. I think that's what creativity is all about. It's coming up with an idea, a, you know, a melody in your head that you actually create a, a song from, or like you said, like a, a, um, a poetry. And even what you do, PJ, is quite creative. You know, you're, you're, you're talking to people, you're getting the information out from people. There's mm. a lot of energy and passion that yeah. goes into that. I yeah. think that's, that's at the core of it. Loads of people, for example, these days, you have a derived out as you have a little podcast. That's, that's a yeah. form of creativity. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And there's a lot of, as you well know, there's a lot of production that goes into that to actually make that happen. And um, a lot of planning and a lot of, you know, the, the creative side of it, of coming up with the ideas of getting the guests on and doing all that stuff. But there's a lot of, um, I guess, admin and marketing and all the other things. And that's the bit that people balk at. Whether it's a podcast, whether it's video, whether it's photography, whether it's a book, whether it's poetry, they make it and they say, that's lovely. And everyone says, oh, that's great. And they don't have the first notion of where to go afterwards. And that's why I do what I do, PJ. Um, and, and, and it's a really important um, message to get out there to your listeners that if you are that person that has an idea or that's making work that family and friends are, um, you know, saying, Jeannie Mac, that's brilliant. Like, you, you should do this, you know, and it's something that you're passionate about. There are supports there. And, and what we do are our first step to anyone that's listening that, that, that this might resonate with. The very first step I would suggest is to come into our Facebook group or find a, a group that um, has other creative people in it that, that will support each other. And, and connection is a huge part of being successful in this, mm. on this creative journey. It's the old networking when we could do it, walking around yeah. the anything you'd be at at a business card or whatever. You can't do that now, or at least not for the moment, so you do it yeah. online. Yes, so we have a Facebook group called Bite the Biscuit, and it has, um, Jeannie Mac, there's almost 10,000 people in there now, PJ, Crikey. and an amazing resource for just that, for finding, you know, um, packaging suppliers. What do I do with this artwork? Where do I get paint? And I was just listening to you before I came on there about the on-post um, query or, you know, people are talking about pa- Brexit and getting stuff is late. And it's a great place to get opinion from other people that are doing exactly mm-hmm. the same thing that might have posted something off and people discuss it. In there. So it's so like it's a hive mind. Different. Yeah, yeah, it's a real hub of information. Mm-hmm. And not only that, people are meeting each other and supporting each other. We've a we've a special day, PJ. Well today is Friday, I know. It it's called Show Off Friday and every Friday we encourage all our members to show off their work. So you've like seasoned artists in there going, I've just been in the paper or I've just you know, I'm I'm in exhibiting in New York or whatever and then you've this starting point person going this is my first post I'm mortified but I'm going to do it and we encourage that whole scale to be there for each other like community over competition is a big mantra in our community so there's something you came up with Tara that I think a lot of people identify with it I had a previous contributor there earlier on this morning and I brought it up as well I'd be mortified 
How yeah. do we get over that? I know it's a tough one and it's all mindset and I really believe that when you're in an environment, PJ, where it's okay to be mortified and it's okay to say, oh, I'm just going to do it and, and we all talk about that and I guess from me leading the group, for want of a better word, or facilitating the group, um, I tend to kind um, of play and have fun and, you know, create video and content that I'm vulnerable and I'm sharing my um, vulnerabilities to my community to, to say it's okay not to know everything. It's okay to make mistakes. Just turn up like, and yeah. get your stuff out there. Because if you and don't know, so, somebody in this lovely little, little conglomerate of ours will, will know and will share the information with you because they all remember being there. Exactly, exactly. And it really comes from peer learning and peer support, like, which is brilliant. You know, you remember the conversations you have with people rather than sitting there just looking at a, a screen with someone telling you from, yeah. um, you know, like a, a course or whatever that you might do. It's that community piece that really has the huge impact. Yeah. And so, that's what, what, what we're really trying to lean into. So that's bite the, that's bite the biscuit. What's the biscuit factory then? The Biscuit Factory is where we, um, it's, it's more of a, a, a course, um, um, it's a membership community first of all, and it's for people that have been in the Bite the Biscuit for some time and really want extra mentoring from me. I'm a mentor, business mentor, so I mentor in there and we also run, um, we, we get guest experts in to teach people on like SEO, Instagram, um, Facebook ads, all that good stuff and, and it's a continual learning process over there whilst keeping the community element. So we have a, we have a separate Facebook group for for the biscuit factory as well. So I think you, you're over, you've got some memberships coming up in September, do you? Yeah, yeah, we're, we we open twice a year, um, and uh, and the next uh, open day is on the thirteenth. So we open open the doors on the thirteenth to the seventeenth of September. Um, so yeah, we're excited about that. All the members are getting really excited with new people coming in. So okay. it's 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 great. It's a great great facility for but people. But the bite the biscuit one, you just have to be approved and join. Is that it? That's right. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. all. It's free. There's, yeah, you just. Come on in and 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 get jiggy with a PJ. Lastly, do you know something I loved? I looked at your website this morning. I loved it in particular was this: "Don't be caught working for exposure." Nonsense. Yes, that's a, a that's a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> yes, it is, and it's something that that I think has to come from the creative sector first and foremost. That we have to start saying no to things and be okay with that, and. Um, I think it's a really important message to stop working for free. And I think it, that comes from confidence, PJ, mm. of really understanding the value that creative work is bringing to the world. And now more than ever, we've seen how important creativity is, you know, through the last few, um, you know, the last year and a half with COVID and everything. And I think it's really important that creative people realize that they're hugely valuable mm-hmm. and it's, it's actually acknowledging that and building the confidence around them. That's what we do really heavily in the Biscuit Factory with a lot of mindset work okay. and confidence work as well. So, yeah, it's 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 a good one, PJ, if you know anyone that, that wants to 
get into that sector and really feel connected to something bigger than, than just their work. It's about your okay. your peers as well, you know. Okay. All right. Listen, good luck with it. It's Tara Prendergast or Tara Boo, the, the Biscuit Factory or Bite the Biscuit on Facebook. The, the idea you have is a good one. It's your idea. Somebody out there will help you to make it big and make what potential there is out of it. Love those ideas. 1850 Tom says, if you make a purchase online in the normal way, there seems to be an inordinate number of security checks and it seems to happen more on UK purchases. I have a suspicion about whether all this is necessary and about how much it delays things. On the 6th of August, I sent a key to Britain, says this WhatsApp message, key, Okay, and it's still not there. Sixth of August, twenty eighth of today, the twenty seventh. Three weeks. That's that's a bit sort of not on. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. I mentioned podcasts, by the way. They're talking to ta- to Tara. Uh, I occasionally give a little plug to my own one, which is called Twenty Minutes With, and we get a new one up there Saturday around midday. It's a guest we have every week, just for a literally ask them for 20 minutes of their time. It's what we manage to stuff into that 20 minutes is what the podcast is about. And tomorrow, my guest will be Michael McGrath, the Minister for Public Expenditure. Find out a little bit more about the man. And it's completely non-political. Uh, I asked him on the basis that we would have a chat about everything but politics and political issues. So it's chat about Michael tomorrow. That's my latest guest on the 20 Minutes with podcast, which you can find on Spotify or wherever else you get your stuff. And we get a new one out to you every Saturday. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Here's some of the winners from the Cork's 96FM Best of Cork Awards. Best Bar. Murphy's Rock Bar. Best Salon. Image Beauty Salon. Best Hairdresser. Fusion. Best Gym. District Health and Leisure. Best Workplace. Cope. Best Hotel. Photo Island. Best Burger. Son of a Bun. Best of Cork Awards with localheroes.ie. Find trusted local plumbers, electricians, locksmiths, and more with a 12 month guarantee backed by Board Gosh Energy. Only on Cork's 96 FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850 715 996. On Cork's 96 FM. Just some of your comments before we move on. I tend to sort of put them aside until I have a moment or two. So I got a moment or two just now. And on the whole back to school, Rose was on from Creative Sewing in Middleton. Remember early on talking to Taz about uh, sustainable back to school and keeping the costs down while still doing the right thing environmentally. Uh, Rose was on to say, we use what is left in the body of one worn out jumper to make elbows and cuffs for another. I think I have doing that a while. I think I spoke to Rose a few years back when people were talking about the school jumpers where the elbows are gone by November. Yeah, I think we were talking about that before. Uh, Blarney Act of Kindness, says Noreen, is on Facebook. Uh, people give items away for free or you can ask for what you want or anybody else can put items into the list. Yeah, we did We did talk to, to Noreen, or to Rose rather, in Creative Sewing in Middleton. I 
thought we did it right. There's a uniform shop in Cove called Rings with a Y, R-Y-N-G-S. They have a uniform account book which is opened all year long. A lot of parents save maybe five euro a week and it's great help. That's a brilliant idea. That's a super idea. Uh, just on uh, the inheritance and would there be something there for you if a long lost uncle happened to die? There's a, a thing called Engl- a program called uh, Air Hunters, an English program. Someone rang in to say it's really interesting. I love all those shows, like, you know, the one, Who Do You Think You Are? That's fascinating. 1850-715-996. Now, Kevin Culhan or Culhane, good morning to you. Hi, PJ, how are you? Good, good. Kevin, you have a big programme coming up and you want to tell us about it. Yeah, I just want to get the word out there about it, yeah. It's um, it's the Four Peak Challenge and it's for the Super U programme. Okay. Well, so what's what the Super Youth programme then? The Super U programme, it's for it's for kids in schools. We want to get a, it's a six-week programme that we want to introduce into schools that will give kids uh, like self-belief more like, to believe in themselves and what they're going to do, you know, to, to do things for themselves and not, not really worry about what other people think. Like, mm. set, set goals for themselves and, and just go for them, you know? Mm. Not not to worry. Like, everything always Facebook and social media, and it's like you do something and you're worried what other people will comment on it and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just to give you the mindset that if you want something, if you set the goal for it, just go for it, you know? Mm. If it's what you want to do, and to love what you do, and mm. enjoy it, enjoy the journey to get there, you know? Yeah. Everyone goes through that time in their teens, though, where they believe that, that that no one's interested in them and no one cares about them. That's a message yeah. you have to get across. That's not the case. That's not the case at all. Like, like if you love yourself, if you care about yourself, if you do your own thing, like then you can you can do anything. Like Your imagination is brilliant. If you set a goal, there's no reason why you can't get to that goal, no matter what anyone says. Mm. Where, it's it's, it's your does, own mind that gets in the way, you know? Yeah. Where does your own interest come from, Kevin? Just in this, like, um, I, I started do, doing these kind of courses and stuff uh, about a year ago, and just the impact it's had on my life is amazing. Just my own mindset on things now. Mm. So what like, it would like, have been why like, did you, why did you start? I mean, was that were that were there something that you you were trying to overcome was, yourself or what? No, no, not really myself. I was just introduced to it by by my brother-in-law. You know, um, just they kind of this about different to set a different mindset for myself. I was the type of person like if something went wrong in the day, I'd have a million scenarios in my head by the time I went home and, you know, you'd be demented from it but none of it would happen. It's just all you're just thinking, you know, like if something goes wrong, you're just thinking yourself, oh my God and then you're you're making stories up in your head. Mm. You were focusing on what can go wrong rather than what might go right. Yeah, it just teaches you to deal with a problem rather than to build it up, you know. It it kind of gives you a system where something goes wrong, you can sit back and say, right, take a breath here now. Let's have a look at this. This is the way out of it. And then you come out and it's a lot quicker. You'll find, like, you'll be out of the scenario in five or ten minutes, whereas before you could be in it for days. Mm. You know, yeah. and your life just gets a bit easier. It makes life a bit easier for you. And that that's what I find it does for me, you know. And if this stuff was in school, when I was in school, I think, you know, it would have made a lot big, a bigger impact on my life sooner, you know. Really? Really? Definitely. Yeah. I really believe in it, like, you know, and the people, there's 50, there's 53 of us climbing the four highest peaks in Ireland in three days. Because, because we all believe in this, like, you know, mm. so strongly, like. Mm. So, so the, the 17th of September, and have, have you a, a defined team or can people still enter? 
No, it's uh, well, it's full now at the minute. There, there's 53 of us doing it, so that sort of like you can't come in and do. It. But like people can come and join us on, on one of the mountains if they like, if they're in the area. Like, but we'll be doing Karan Tool is the third one we'll be doing. Like, so there's a few people from Cork that couldn't commit to the four, but mm. they're going to join us and and do that walk with us. Like, what are know? the other three? The other three, excuse my pronunciations of them. No, um, so we're doing Karan Tool, we we'll Ria, Sleeve Donards, and. Lagnaquilla. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And in three days? In three days. So we, we'll be starting on Sleeve Don out in Down, and then we'll be coming down to uh, Wicklow in uh, doing Lagnaquilla. Yeah. So that'll be the second one. We're doing two of them on the first day. Oh, crikey. Two more day. So we'll do the first one, and then it's a three hour drive, and then we we'll do the second one. Okay. But then, yeah. So then we make our way to Kerry and we do Quran tools and then we go to Mayo and we finish off up in Mayo. Crikey. All that in three days. You'll be, you'll be knackered by the end there's, of it. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of training going on. You might spot a lot of people around the north side because I'm from the south side but there's not a lot of hills there so we've, we've all been doing our training in the north side. There's a lot of north side lads as well doing it, you know. And, and, and so it's, it's brilliant. Like. And if people want to contribute... Yeah, there's a go, there's a GoFundMe page, just the four to four P challenge. Um, I sent it through to yourself if Grant. you could throw it on your page, and we that's can do I that. just the link and stuff. That'd be brilliant. We you can know? do that. I'm interested in that program as well, a little bit more. Like, who set it up? Who devised it? Um, Stevie J. He's a, a guy, a guy from Armagh. He he does um, he does a lot of um, um, seminars and stuff on, on this kind of thing. You know, like he he um, he ran a hundred marathons in a hundred days himself. Crazy, uh, okay. Charity, yeah, and he um, he done sixty ultramarathons in sixty days. So you know he's very into like you believing that you can do anything. Like you know, right. is he so made, out of, made out of steel and rubber? Is he? <laughs> yeah, I'm not asking anyone to go out and do that. You know what I mean? But I wouldn't do that myself. Like, but it's just, it's just that like that just shows what what you can do. You know, what yeah. any any person can do with this at the mind. You know. Yeah, and that's important. It's it's a, it's a, it's about realizing. Who says I can't do it? Yeah, it's... it's and it's generally head. it's yourself is saying you can't it's do it. It's yourself that gets in the way, yeah. It's your own mind that stops you from doing things. Yeah. Okay, uh, Kevin, it's, it's, good, good to talk with you. And good luck with that when it comes around. And remind us again, we'll share the we'll share the link and come back brilliant. to us afterwards. We'll come back if to you, you. If you. If you want to join us in Grand Hall, PJ, you're more than welcome. <laughs> do you know what? What day, what day of the week is that? You just might. So that'll be the Saturday... Right, Saturday the 17th of September. I Saturday won't promise you, I won't, the, the, the thoughts now of me dragging me fat arse up Caron Tool, I'm not too sure that'll work too well for anybody, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we might carry you some of the way <laughs> Kevin, good luck with it anyway. Good luck with the plan. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 83 96 On Cork's 96FM. Quick reminder to you, if you are firing up the BBQ over the weekend and want some music on the outside, then Cork's 96FM's exclusive online station, the Back Garden Festival is back, streaming the biggest hits from your favourite festival stars. It's all there with Harvey Norman and JBL, who are your specialists in sound this summer. 
You can listen on the app or indeed go to 96fm.ie. 1850-715-996. That, yeah, that key that the person sent through on post on the 6th of August was actually sent express. God wouldn't want to be urgent, would it? PJ, you do realise since Brexit really started, it has been affecting us all. You can go on Amazon now and on so many of their different vendors' websites using Amazon. Once you put in ROI as your address, they're no longer available to deliver here. I asked about this. It's because so many customers wouldn't pay the extra charges and there were so many returns. They don't want the headache. UPS charged me €40 Euro, and the delivery person couldn't explain the extra charges. I'd already paid my import taxes and used UPS worldwide, so my shipping was paid for. It just said extra charges even went to their depot, and no one there could explain why I was being charged the extra money. The problem is I can't buy it here, as no one sells the vaping products I'm interested in. Yeah, there was something I tried to buy off Amazon myself a few weeks back. I bought, uh, as I said before, I bought an and Alexa, I bought one of those yokes and there's a lovely little battery that goes onto the base of it um, because you know you have to keep her plugged in. But there's a battery and I was trying to buy it off the same flipping website and I couldn't because they said it wasn't delivering to, to ROI at the moment. So I've come across that. But the uh, So else wants to know, what's the name of the website that has an English language option? I think you said it was Germany. Yeah, it's Amazon's German account. Uh, so when you go on to the, where you'd normally do your shopping with Amazon, it's Amazon.com. But if you redirect yourself to Amazon.de, Amazon.de, that's the German version, and they have an English language section, and you can buy pretty much the same stuff on the on the German version as you can on the UK version, but it's shipped and, what's the word they call, fulfilled and shipped through the EU. So it's coming from the EU into the EU, and, and it works that way. It's, it's not as efficient, I have to say. It's not as efficient as buying from the original Amazon.com, but you'll get your stuff. You will get your stuff. I bought something there only last week or the week before. And what normally would have taken two days took about six. Um, if it's not urgent, you're grand. You know. Amazon.de, it's their German version. I've been using it for a few months now. 1850 Yeah, lots of people getting extra charges when something comes to the front door. And Brexit is being blamed. You kind of have to be careful when you blame stuff on Brexit because if you, you know, some stuff is being blamed. The weather will get blamed on Brexit if you give them half a chance to blame it on Brexit. But it looks like a lot of these charges are actually down to Brexit. An awful lot of them. 1850-715-996. Have a listen to the... Now, tis not a weekend for the telly, but if you are of a mind... Take a listen to this. It looks funny, but I suspect there's more to it. It's called the White Lotus. Denise Curtin is the digital editor of Stellar Magazine. Denise, good morning. Good morning. How are you? It has one of those things that uh, ring to it. I, I must see this because it looks funny, but it looks dark at the same time. Yeah, it's a bit of a satirical comedy. Um, it's doing the rounds now on Twitter, um, Instagram, absolutely everywhere at the moment. Everyone is talking about it. It was uh, first created by HBO, but um, it's kind of up in conversation again because it's now become available on Sky Atlantic and now TV. So people 
at this side of the world are getting to see it for the first time. And yeah, you know what? It's one of those series, right? I was trying to think about this and it really defines a simple description. But if I try to put it into words, I'd say it's a series that follows a group of ultra rich, self-involved people as they kind of push hotel staff around for a week while on holidays in Hawaii. Now, at the beginning, we learn that there's going to be a debt at the hotel. So it's kind of a bit of figuring out what's going to happen. Um, it's, it's, it's a fantastic, fantastic series. I actually laughed when I read one tweet that described it as um, a series that does nothing but everything at the same time, which <laughs> I think is a brilliant way to put which, it. Which, again, is a bit like being on holidays at a, at a fancy hotel. You, you do nothing, but you do everything at the same time. <laughs> Totally, totally. It's exactly like that. And uh, we're lucky with, with the series as well because it's got an absolutely brilliant cast. Um, I don't know if you noticed any of the voices there from the little trailer, but we're talking Connie Britton, Stephen Zahn, Alexandra Daddario and Jennifer Coolidge. We all absolutely love to watch. She's great when it comes to when it comes to comedies, especially ones that, uh, that kind of have like almost a bit of a, 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 a peculiar twist to them. Yeah, so, uh, there's a poke to the comedy. I'm reading, I'm reading a review in, in The Guardian now. My relationship with the Guardian is 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 at best um, one where I say if the Guardian likes it, I might stay away from it. But it, yeah. it's it's a good review, and it it seems very funny. But there's a little bit of a dark undertone here. There is a dark undertone, and it, it it's something that you'll you'll realise from the get go with the series, uh, which which kind of which makes it really really interesting. Like it's one of those ones, like you were saying, although it's not really a weekend for staying in, it is one of those ones that you would nearly want to binge watch it in a whole weekend. It's only six episodes, yeah. they're all about an, an hour long. So it, it is something that you could get through in a weekend, but uh, yeah, it, it really just it really just invites you in and, and kind of has you gripped, even though the storyline wouldn't be anything dramatic or anything, you know, that that would kind of bring you into the usual thriller, the usual comedy. It, it is peculiar and different. And I do think as well, like you were saying, that's why it's getting such good reviews from the critics because it's something they kind of haven't seen before, which which we like to see as well. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's, if you've got Sky Atlantic or Now TV, totally worth watching. And it's got subtle messages in it, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. It, it really kind of gives you a little insight into into the life of the ultra rich, the one percent, as we like to say, and kind of yes. their relationship with hotel staff and their relationship with people that are working, you know, and, and, and trying their level best to make the experience for them as VIP as possible. It, yeah. it really gives you a look into that side of yeah. into that side of the world and it's 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 interesting to see I'll say. One of my favourite movies of all time is The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel and I was kinda of saying, are there any parallels here? Are there? There there is, there is. And you will start to see them kind of coming through um between the White Lotus and the and the flick, you know, there there is kind of subtle me- messaging that gets across that is Good. the same, um, but totally worth watching. Um, well, it looks beautifully made as well, and the locations will make are, are to die for. It, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm booking a trip to Honolulu as soon as possible. <laughs> I mean, Hawaii just looks yeah. well. There's a lot of good stuff out there at the moment. I see, and I signed up for these promotions from Netflix and I'm very taken by the prospect of clickbait which looks like a good one it's really trending at the moment have you come across that? Yeah I, you know what I haven't got a chance to watch it myself yet but I have seen it it's definitely again on my list of things that I, I really need to get stuck into So the, the weather's too good for it isn't it Denise? I know this is the problem if I could bring my telly outside I'd be flying I know but if for the winter of, of so much stuff now clicked off for the winter we'd probably have to talk far more often yeah, 100%. All right. Take care. Thanks very much. Denise Curtin, digital editor of Stellar magazine about the White Lotus, which looks very good.
It really does look very good. And if you want a movie, just a movie, and you've never seen it, can I recommend again? It's a classic, the best exotic, ma- exotic Marigold Hotel. You'll love it, particularly if you've ever been anywhere near India. You'll love it. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. I wake up every Get even more of Casey and Ross in the morning on the Highlight Show. Your chance to catch up and listen again. Saturday between 9 and 10 a.m. Everything is just right. On Cork's 96 FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 1850-715-996. On Cork's 96 FM. Tim Brosnan sent us in an interesting one. I said I'd get to it before we finish. It's one we might have to return to. There's an ad in the examiner today uh, for an assistant solicitor to work at Cork City Council. Nice job. Good gig. Applications are invited from suitably qualified persons for inclusion on a panel from which appointments may be made. I hate the bloody panel system. I could go into that for the day. But anyway, uh, inclusion on a panel from which appointments may be made to the job of assistant solicitor and application form and blah 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 stroke recruitment, etc., etc. But Tim has read into the ad and he's pointed this out. He said, any private sector or local authority solicitor qualified after the 1st of January 2011 starts at the lowest point of the pay scale. So in other words, if you qualified, if you were working, a young solicitor with five or six years experience and you get this job, you start at the lowest point on the pay scale. But if you were working in the public sector, say as a clerk, uh, in 2010 and you subsequently went on and qualified as a solicitor like you left the job and went, did. you then start way up the scale so there's two different pay scales in this very interesting thanks Tim very strange 1850-715-996 right festivals abound and at least we can we can start doing festivals again and start having them again and maybe accommodating online elements to them and all that. But they're starting to happen again and it's good. Amy Amy McKeough is Festival Director of Design Pop, which sounds like fun. Amy, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. What is Design Pop? Design Pop is starting today and it is a design architecture and food festival happening all around Cork. And have you had to adapt for these times we live in? Absolutely. We've been very lucky to partner up with um, the Courtyard and Wansford Key of the Lava Gallery, Cork Printmakers and Backwater Artists Group, who have gifted us their courtyard for the weekend through the Arts Council funding in open air. And um, we have our HQ there, so our outdoor talks, all of our uh, talks are happening at that location. So it's all outdoors, so it's, it's great. We've had mm. to adapt to COVID, yeah. but it's, it's, it's fun. I love your selling your selling pitch. The event is about creating an atmosphere of wonder and joy in public realm spaces with pavilions and events popping up in different locations. An atmosphere of wonder and joy. How's that done? 
Well, it's about us putting these incredible pavilions designed by architects in collaboration with food companies um, and we're just popping them up all over the city in gorgeous locations like Elizabeth Fort and Nanonego and they're just so bright and colourful. It's kind of, um, and, and, and the place in particular is also very bright and colourful. So it's just bringing something very colourful and fun into kind of spaces that you're used to walking by um, and so it's just adding this kind of air of excitement mm-hmm. and creativity. So yeah. Mm-hmm. One of your featured items or exhibitions, I'm I'm taken by the title, the Milking Stool Exhibition. Now that sounds like a load of milking stools around a yard. It's got it more than that, is it? Oh no, it's so much more than that. So we were so lucky. What we did was we got the same bit of uh, timber, an ash timber, sponsored by Abbey Woods, and they gave it to uh, 12 Irish furniture designers. We gave them all the same brief and they'd come up with incredible three-legged and four-legged stools. Um, which Hold are like on, a you gave, I think this, uh, this is fun. So you gave people literally a block of wood yeah, and said, make a stool. Um, make make a stool, a traditional Irish p- uh, bit of furniture, a milking stool, gave them all the same brief and they came up with gorgeous, so different, so diverse versions of the same kind of idea. And where can we get to see that? So that's actually in the secret courtyard of uh, Nanonagel Place. So if you go in through the gift shop, you'll um, go hang a right and you'll see it there in this beautiful little oasis courtyard inside Nanonagel. Lovely spot. And have you got a website where people can see the rest of, of of what's on? Yeah, everything is on designpop.ie and all of our socials are designpopcork. So you can just find us on everything. We'll be updating everything live as everything develops. And it starts today. Starts today, yeah, and um, ends then Sunday afternoon. Good luck with it. Good luck with it, Amy, the Festival Director of Design Pop, Amy Mikyo. I love that. They gave people a lump of wood and said, design a stool. Don't you just love it? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.